Hey, special educators, I'm Jennifer from Positively Learning. Welcome to the Special Educators Resource Room. If you're like me, you're always looking for ways to save time and streamline your work. That's why this podcast was created, to give you the systems and solutions you need to get your time back. Tune in for tips, tricks, and tools that will help you manage your workload and make the most of your time. Whether you're brand new or experienced, all are welcome in the Special Educators Resource Room. A new IEP has just dropped on your desk. What do you do first? Hey, Special Educators, it's Jennifer from Positively Learning. Let's talk about it. I want to share what I do when I receive a brand new to me IEP. Maybe it's on a stack of IEPs because it's the beginning of the school year. Maybe it's just one because you've just had an initial meeting or a new student has arrived. In this episode, I'm going to walk you through the three steps I recommend taking whenever you receive a brand new to you IEP. Now, I make no secret on this podcast of going the extra mile and being a bit extra. Feel free to pick and choose which steps work for you. They are time consuming, but I firmly believe that it's time well spent. I would much rather put the time in at the beginning than to have a surprise and have to put more time in later. Let's go. Step one is to read the IEP in its entirety. And I'm doing this with a highlighter. So I'm thinking hard copy with a highlighter in my hand. Of course, you can do this digitally. I'm going to read it from beginning to end. Now it's pretty fast reading for me because I'm very familiar with this IEP format. I know which parts I can skip over because it's just the jargon that's on every IEP. And I know where to focus because that's the information that's specific to this child. So looking at the present levels, I'm going to be highlighting any important information and paying close attention to the numbers like percentiles. I always feel that numbers and data jump out at me. That data speaks so loudly. Ideally, we'd be reading this without knowing who this child is so that when we're reading the present levels, we're getting that holistic picture. But of course, the name is on IEP and might be a child that you are familiar with and had had interactions with, whether in the classroom or around the school. Then I'm going to quickly continue moving through the IEP. I'm going to be looking at the goals and objectives, highlighting the verbs so I know exactly what's being asked of this child. I'm also going to be looking at the supplementary aids and services, the accommodations, if there's a BIP, anything else that I need to know. So at the end, I've got 20 pages or so, and there's highlighter throughout. That's the end of step one. It's a pretty quick read. And the addition of using a highlighter is a strategy just to keep me focused. So now let's move on to step two. Step two is the biggest step. It's a step that's gonna take the most time. The purpose of step two is to internalize what you've just read. You're gonna be organizing the information and you'll probably already start thinking about how this is gonna be executed. What are these services gonna look like in the classroom? I created a very simple one-page template similar to an IEP snapshot, except that this page is just for me to take notes on. Up at the top, I have the student's name and number of service minutes. And then I'm gonna be focusing in on the goals, the accommodations, and then I leave a space for notes. Let me know if you are interested in this template. If you have the big bundle, it's not in there right now, but I can add it to it if you're interested. Otherwise, a blank piece of paper works well too. The first area I'm going to focus on are the goals and objectives. I'm going to be taking the highlighted information on the IEP 
and I'm going to be abbreviating and paraphrasing that information to put on the template. This serves many purposes. First off, you don't need to copy it word for word. There's just no reason to do that. But also by abbreviating and paraphrasing, it's really making me dissect that goal to make sure I understand what it's asking. Every once in a while, we get kind of a funky goal and you think it's asking something and it's not. And you need to know that. that those are the surprises that we want to avoid. As I'm going through this process, I'm organizing the information so it makes sense to me on this template. So I may be grouping goals and objectives by content area, and I can see, oh, we have twice as many goals in reading foundation than we do in math. So I'm just starting to get a clear picture of what's going on. I'm going to do the exact same thing with accommodations. I'm going to write down every accommodation on this blank template, but I'm also going to be grouping them by setting or presentation. Are there testing accommodations? Maybe I'm going to bring the highlighter out here as well and highlight them and color code them. You can't help throughout this process, start thinking about how this is all going to happen. How is this going to fit in? If it's the beginning of the school year and you're doing a stack of IEPs going through this process, you may already start to see, oh, we have some students with similar goal areas, maybe not the same goals, but they're the same goal areas. Or you may have students with very similar accommodations. This group of students all have extended time. Okay, I can see a group forming in my mind. These are really great reference pages, these snapshots that are just for you that you might wanna keep when you are planning ahead and doing your schedule. It's great to refer back to these. Okay, we're getting ready for step three. So step one was to read the IEP with a highlighter, pulling out important information. Step two was to internalize what we just read. We're starting to organize that information, so we're making a plan of how we're gonna execute this. Step three is to start gathering the resources that you're gonna use to assess quarterly on the goals and objectives. So I just say quarterly. I know you're gonna be assessing progress so much more often than that, but this is just for the quarterly IEP progress reports. Of course, you don't necessarily need four assessments for four quarters because we know students' IEPs don't run on a school calendar. This exercise is still incredibly helpful for two main reasons. Number one, it's going to save you so much time. When the quarter comes up, you know how much of a scramble it is to get data from everywhere. You're going to thank yourself for having these ready to go. Number two, by aligning all of these assessments with the goals and objectives and collecting these, it's really forcing us to make sure that we do understand that goal and objective. And I'm not trying to be rude. Some goals are just not written as well as others. And this is an opportunity to catch that. I, of course, speak from experience. I feel like the subtitle of this podcast should be Don't Be Me, because everything that I feel like I do well has come from not doing it well and finding a solution. And this is no exception. So imagine that I'm working with a student, we're making progress, everything's going well. I have collected data. I'm now sitting down to write the progress report. And then it hits me and I realize it doesn't align. I have collected data on something very, very similar, but because of a couple words that might be different in the goal, and I think it was probably a mistake, like it was probably supposed to be what I interpreted, but it wasn't written exactly like that. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. I hope not, but I learned very quickly 
that I don't ever want to experience that again. And that is why I put these steps into place. Here are some real life examples of step three. Say your student has a comprehension goal. Maybe it's to identify the main idea. What I would do is just print out or gather four passages, just one page passages and tuck them in a folder. Or maybe it's a Google Drive folder. That way you have the passage, you grab it for the quarterly progress report. And what's nice about this, if you're gathering all four from the same source, that you're eliminating some outside interference because they're most likely gonna be written in a similar format with similar level. And that way you're really getting a clear picture on your student's progress with main idea and doesn't have outside things impacting like reading level. I realize those passages don't sound that exciting, but these are just for the quarterly IEP report cards. You can always use a variety of materials during instruction and for progress monitoring, like literature and task cards and boom cards. Here's another example. After going through step two, you understand your student's math goal that focuses on place value. You also know that whether it's the first grade or the second grade gen ed curriculum, that your student's going to be working on place value for an upcoming unit. So maybe you make a note to grab a work sample, or maybe you have task boxes that focus on this exact skill, and you can have your student do this task box, and you're using observation to grab a quick data point. Maybe it's boom cards. I set up an entire unit of Google. Google quizzes that are all set up the exact same way with different questions. And these are perfect to grab a data point. Same thing with task cards. Almost all of the task cards I started creating were aligned to students' goals and objectives. And I did that on purpose. Students love task cards. Why not use those to collect a data point? These are the types of things I would note during step three, and I would just note this right on that template we used during step two, or have a folder where you can start gathering the resources. A bit extra, yes, but will it save you time later? Also yes. Let's recap the three steps to take when you receive a new to you IEP. Step one, read the entire document. I like to highlight the key information. Step two, Create your own snapshot that serves as a cheat sheet. This is a place where you can organize all of that key information you just highlighted. I like to abbreviate and paraphrase the goals and objectives to make sure I really understand what they're saying. I also organize the accommodations in a way that makes sense to me. And step three, begin gathering resources that you can use for quarterly assessments. You might not gather it all right now in one sitting, but you can be on the lookout, maybe even make a list of the things that you still need. Those are the three steps, and I'm curious to know if you're going to try them. Do you have another process that you follow instead? It's very important to me to respect your time. And I know I made lots of suggestions in this episode that took a lot of time. Hopefully, as I went through, I was able to convey why I was choosing to do something. If you have another way of getting those exact same results, absolutely do that as well. I'm gonna drop two links in the show notes. The first is to the Google quizzes that I mentioned earlier. If these align with the goals and objectives that you're assessing, you could just scratch step three off your list. The other link is gonna be for the catalog for the Taskbox Dollar Club. This catalog shows you all of the tasks that are in the club. There's over 200. You can take a look at this and see if these align with the goals and objectives that you're gonna be measuring progress on. And if they don't, let me know. You can always make a request. Thanks so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. I can't wait to catch you next time in the Special Educators Resource Room. 
Thanks so much for tuning in and I'm dying to ask, what'd you think? Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe buttons that you never miss an episode. You can find the show notes and links for everything mentioned in this episode at positivelylearningblog.com. See you next week for more special education solutions.